Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part one of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 26 called The City of Peace. Okay, Isaiah 26 tonight. Turn your Bibles to Isaiah 26. We're looking at three chapters of what's called eschatological judgment and then the setting up of the kingdom. And in verse, verse uh, 10 of chapter 24, we do a little bit of review. We see a contrast between the city of man and the city of God. Isaiah 24, verse 10. The city of chaos is broken down. I told you the name of God. The Jews say the name Hashem means the destroyer of chaos. And that's a beautiful picture of who God is. There's a city of chaos. Some would compare it to Babylon in Revelation 17 and 18. Notice it's the city of chaos and it is broken down. And during all of this shaking and judgment, look at verse 13. Thus it will be in the midst of the earth among the peoples, Isaiah twenty four thirteen, as the shaking of an olive tree, as the gleanings when the grape harvest is over, they raise their voices. Now there's voices shouting for joy in the midst of the judgment. They shout for joy. They cry out from the west concerning, notice, the majesty or the glory of the Lord. Therefore, glorify the Lord in the east, The name of the Lord, the God of Israel, and the coastlands of the sea. From the ends of the earth we hear songs, glory to the righteous one. And then Isaiah begins to think about the world, and he says, Woe to me, woe to me, alas for me. The treacherous deal treacherously. There are people who are going to see this judgment, and yet they will continue in their unrepentance. Go down to verse 20. The earth reels to and fro like a drunkard. And it totters like a shack, for its transgression is heavy upon it, and it will fall. Notice this end times prophecy, never to rise again. And so it will happen in that day, 21, the Lord will punish the host of heaven on high, the kings of the earth on earth. They will be gathered together like prisoners in the dungeon and will be confined in prison. And after many days, they will be punished. This is 24, 23. The moon will be abashed, the sun ashamed, for the Lord of hosts will reign on Mount Zion in Jerusalem, and his glory will be before his elders. Now, if we go into chapter 25, it says that there's a banquet coming. Verse 7, on this mountain, he will swallow up the covering which is over all peoples, even the veil which is stretched out over all the nations. He will swallow up, 25.8, death for all time. And the Lord God will wipe tears away from all faces, and he will remove the reproach of his people from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And it will be said in that day, behold, with, I I think, great awe and wonder, this is our God for whom we have waited that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. At sundown began the Feast of Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles on the Jewish calendar. 
And the Feast of Tabernacles is the celebration of God coming down to dwell with his people. You see that in the tabernacle in the wilderness. You see that in the temple once it was constructed under Solomon. And there's a future day when God will tabernacle among us. He will dwell with his people. There on Mount Zion, we will see the Lord's face. We will glory in everything that he is. We will be with him forever and ever in this great banquet. We sometimes call it the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is all that's gone before us. That's a quick review. In that day, now speaking of that eschatological day, and that's a big word to mean the last days, in that day, this song, 26.1, will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city, literally a city of strength. He sets up, God sets it up, walls and ramparts for security. If you have a NIV, it says, in that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God makes salvation, its walls and ramparts. Literally, you could say it this way, walls and encirclement of strength. God is the one who makes this new city. The question is, when is this song being sung? And it's interesting to think about the fact that the New Jerusalem in Revelation 21, 1 and 2 comes down out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband. Have you ever wondered uh, what we will be doing when God is renovating the heavens and the earth? I don't know about you, but I think we'll be singing. And maybe this is one of the songs that we'll be singing. We have a strong city. Because that city will be forever. That millennial city that will be set up. God will be in the middle of it. It will have no more need for the sun because the glory of the Lord will be filling it with light and we will be there. And we will say we have a strong city. Nothing will destroy it. And if you think of Jerusalem throughout history, of course, though it was a city of splendor and majesty, many times it was trampled underfoot by the Gentiles. Many times God allowed the temple to be sacked and the city walls to be destroyed. And if you go to Jerusalem today, you'll see the walls are in ruins. You'll see rubble. You'll see the leftover ruins in many different places. But that temple will stand again. And this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Revelation 21, 25 says, In the daytime there will be no night there. Its gate shall never be closed. Look at verse 2. It says, open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the one that remains faithful. This is one of those festival procession psalms. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter in. Think of Psalm 24, Psalm 15. This is Psalm 87. Here's what it says. His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the other dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of you, O city of God, Selah. Pause. Think about that. Go back a few books. You're going to get to the Psalms. Go to Psalm 118. Psalm 118. In the Hallel Psalms, sung during the feasts of Israel. Psalm 118. Look at verse 19. Psalm 118. Just a few books to your left. 118, 19. Open to me the gates of righteousness, I shall enter through them. I shall give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, Psalm 118, verse 20. The righteous will enter through it. I shall give thanks to thee, for thou hast answered me, and thou hast become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. 
This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. By the way, that specific day was at the entrance of Jerusalem when Jesus came in in the triumphal entry, the day that he came in riding triumphantly. O Lord, this is what they sang when he came riding on the colt. Do save, they sang, save in the highest. Do save, we beseech thee. O Lord, we beseech thee, do send prosperity. Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. 26. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God and he has given us light. Bind the festival sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, I give thanks to thee. Thou art my God, I extol thee. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Please note it. His loving kindness is everlasting. And so here's a picture of the gates opening and the righteous saying, open to me those gates, man. I want to go in. I want to be where he is. I want to be in that city where the glory of God is. Go back to Isaiah 26. And so we have this verse that many of us have memorized, I think, over the years, and it's a good one to memorize. The steadfast of mind thou will keep in perfect peace. This is Isaiah 26, 3. Because he trusts in thee. If you have a New King James, it says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Think of the context. The context is judgment, um, indignation, troubled times, the Lord coming in judgment, people going through difficulty And right in the middle of this section is a verse that many of us have landed on, parked on, and said, man, I want that to be me. Here is the key. Here is the secret to not only peace, but perfect peace. Do you want to know the secret to perfect peace? Literally in Hebrew, this is shalom, shalom. The secret to perfect peace is this. It's a person whose mind is stayed on the Lord. And it's coupled with because his mind is there because he trusts in God. That is the secret, the key to perfect peace. If you want peace, you keep your mind on the God of peace. And that is our challenge as people. Is can we keep our mind there? Because what we tend to do is we keep our mind on the circumstances rather than the God of peace. This is Colossians. I'll tell you what, let's go to the New Testament because I just want to dig this out for a second. Go to Colossians, all the way in your New Testament now. Colossians chapter 3. If you don't want to go there, just listen to this. Colossians 3 verse 1. If you, then you have been raised up with Christ, Colossians 3, 1. Keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Colossians 3, verse 2. Set your mind on things above. Verse 1 says that's where Christ is. Not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Colossians 3, 4. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Set your mind on things above. Now go one book to your left to Philippians. Go to chapter 4. Here's what it says. Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say, rejoice. Paul's writing this from where? He's in prison. 
Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Our station in the Bay Area is up for renewal. If you're resonating with this ministry and you have a heart to see it expand, we would love to hear from you to know that it's making an impact, that you're praying for us, and that you're wanting to support and partner in the work that's being done there. The price per year is $3,500. Would you please help us reach that goal before the end of the month? If 70 people give $50, we'll reach that goal. It will help us not only to meet the radio airtime costs there, but also help us expand. Please donate at walkintruth.com and click donate. And then on Kept FM. And help support the broadcast as it goes out into your area. Once again, you can donate at walkintruth.com, click donate, and then click on Kept FM. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We love you. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. I just want to dig this out for a second. Go to Colossians, all the way in your New Testament now. Colossians chapter 3. If you don't want to go there, just listen to this. Colossians 3, verse 1. If you, then you have been raised up with Christ, Colossians 3, 1. Keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Colossians 3, verse 2. Set your mind on things above. Verse 1 says that's where Christ is. Not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Colossians 3, 4. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Set your mind on things above. Now go one book to your left to Philippians. Go to chapter 4. Here's what it says. Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Paul's writing this from where? He's in prison. Let your forbearing spirit be made known to all men. The Lord is near. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for some things. No, it doesn't say that, huh? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. What does prayer do? Okay, you're anxious. Let's get real. You're anxious, so you have choices. You can medicate. You can hit something with your fist. You can throw a little tizzy fit like the little kid in the mall. Or you can pray and redirect your heart and mind to the Lord. See, when you're anxious, that that word anxious literally means to be torn apart. That's what anxiety and worry mean. They literally mean to tear you in two different directions. And Paul says, when you're feeling anxious, instead of being anxious, pray. And that word prayer has the idea of worship. By prayer and supplication, just start to give thanks. See it? With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what will happen when you do this? When you set your mind on the God of peace? And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension will literally set up a guard and will guard as a sentinel your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a beautiful promise. 
Anytime you are feeling anxious, anytime you lack perfect peace, and that's all of us every single day, probably many, many, many times a day, we have to redirect the mind and the heart to God. And then he says, finally, brethren, verse 8, whatever is true, now you do some inventory. Say so you go there in prayer and you say, Lord, I'm going through a tough time and I don't even know what to give thanks for. Well, why don't you start thanking him for what's true, what's honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure. And I know you have to sometimes dig to find these things, but he is all these things. Whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, if anything is worthy of praise, then let your mind dwell on these things, the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Here it is, another dimension of it. Practice these things and the God of peace shall be with you. There it is. If you want perfect peace, shalom, shalom. And it has more the idea, not only of a state of mind, but of well-being, of the blessing of God, of the presence of God then that's what you do. You keep your mind stayed on him. And I know it's a battle. And that's why many, many times a day we have to kind of recalibrate. And we have to remember who we are in Christ. Go back to Isaiah 26. That he is in control. That he is sovereign. We're to trust in him. We're to exercise faith. And here's what it says in verse 4 of Isaiah 26. Right after exhorting us to keep our mind on the Lord, it says, trust in the Lord this is Isaiah 26, 4, forever. For in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. If you have the New King James, it says, trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. If you have an NIV, it says, trust in the Lord for the Lord, or the name, the Lord is the rock eternal. Trust in Hebrew, in the ancient picture language, means to commit oneself fully to Trust equals being inside the surrounding fence, and it speaks of confidence and safety. When you trust in the Lord, it's as though he builds a wall around your life of his presence. And he says, just believe in me. Keep your mind stayed on me. Trust in me. Because notice in the verse, it says, trust in the Lord, not just in your good times. It says, trust in the Lord forever." Because we have an everlasting rock, or he gives, he is our everlasting strength. All throughout the Bible, you'll see that God is the rock. Literally, this everlasting rock, this literal expression is rock of ages. There's a famous hymn written, rock of ages, cleft for me. It speaks of a rocky cliff where the trusting one may find shelter from attackers. That's what God says, I will be your shelter I will be your refuge. I will be your strength. But I want you to focus on me. I want you to come to me and trust that I will be your rock, that I am the foundation that you can build upon. You've been listening to The City of Peace, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 26. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to connect with our listeners, and that means you. You can email or send Pastor Michael and the team here a letter. We love mail. But our email address is contact at walkintruth.com. 
That's contact at walkintruth.com. And here's our mailing address. Are you ready? You can write to Pastor Michael at P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, we got a wonderful letter from a listener in Kansas City. And uh, this listener knows who they are. And I just want to say a big thank you for the heartfelt note that you sent and the encouragement about what this ministry has meant to you. And uh, I'm sure you represent others as well. And the heart of the letter was the approach to Scripture that's happening here on Walk in Truth. It really is just an extension of the pulpit ministry at a church that I have the privilege of being one of the pastors, happen to be the senior pastor at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. Now, we made a commitment many years ago to uh, deal with the Scriptures in an expository fashion. What, what do I mean by that? I mean that we made a commitment to teach through books of the Bible, verse by verse, not skipping anything, because we knew that the Holy Spirit had laid down the Scripture, inspired it the way it was laid out. Therefore, who are we to overlook anything or just kind of jump around uh, topically? It doesn't mean that topical preaching is wrong. Uh, we, We have dealt with topics from time to time, but the main thing that you're going to get here at uh, Walk in Truth is verse-by-verse expository teaching of the Scripture. Now, you say, what does that mean, Pastor Michael, expository? What it means is we're going to expose what the text is saying in context uh, and let it speak for itself and, of course, bring application and understanding, etc. This listener who sent us this very kind letter basically said that there seems to be a very, very much a lack of that kind of approach to the Bible. Uh, frankly, there are a good percentage of churches in this country where you don't even need to bring your Bible because uh, very little of it will be shared. And if it is shared at all, a verse or two will be up on the screen. And we're, and frankly, I, I get concerned, brethren, that we're making it just too easy to just show up, get a verse and not even really know the context or have a chance to chew on uh, the way that the Holy Spirit laid it down so we can grow in our most holy faith. So I think you get get the idea. And this listener basically was um, expressing appreciation for that approach, and we need more of it, frankly. And so if you're a pastor listening— and, uh, you know, maybe you were told, hey, this is how you do it. This is how you do church. Most of the startups, in my understanding, across the country embrace a model that is just kind of um, more entertainment-based than it is uh, substance-based. And uh, we that's not what we need, brethren. We need substance. Um, in fact, I was listening to Alistair Begg, and I'll tell you that he was saying in the Reformation the expectation was that a pastor would teach five, six times a week, and that my understanding would be that they'd be different sermons. Uh, the belief in the power of the Word of God has ebbed in our time, and the concern is that we'll follow in the footsteps of Europe with em- empty cathedrals, with the younger generation having no interest in the things of God because we've not given them the substance of God, the power of God. 
I could say a lot more. I could sit here in front of this microphone and tell you my thoughts on this for the next half an hour, but I'm not going to do that. I just wanted to thank this listener. Um, and, and I'm going to share her name. Her name is Leanne from Kansas City. And Leanne, thank you for writing into us. Um, you'd be surprised that, you know, we, we do get people that reach out to us and, and write us notes and so forth, but we, we don't necessarily get a ton of encouragement for what we do all the time. When we do, we see it as very valuable. And so I just want to say thank you from my heart and on behalf of this uh, small staff that makes this happen. Thank you. It means a lot. What you said in that email means a lot to us. And I pray that your tribe will increase. And I think you know what I mean. Well, this is Walking Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. And we are walking through the book of Isaiah. So glad you're with us. Hey, tell a friend about what you're hearing. Keep us in prayer. And if you want to know more about the ministry, go to walkintruth.com. God bless you. Have an outstanding weekend. And Lord willing, we'll see you either Sunday or Monday. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. Our station in the Bay Area is up for renewal, and that price per year is $3,500. Would you please help us reach that goal before the end of the month? If only 70 people will give $50, we'll reach that goal. Please donate at walkintruth.com and click donate, and then on Kept FM. Once again, you can donate at walkintruth.com, click donate, and then click on Kept FM. And join us on Monday for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 26 called The City of Peace. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.